Being in business is stressful when you're wearing all the hats and trying to figure out everything on your own. Does having someone to guide you and having access to your own team of designers, content creators and web support sound too good to be true? What if I told you it's available to you right now? Join me at samanthariley.global forward slash collective to join the Experts Collective and get the strategy and support you need to take your business to six figures this year. That's samanthariley.global forward slash collective. I'll see you there. We need to remember that these people or our prospects, they're not numbers, they're real people and we do need to nurture that relationship and get to know them, like them, trust them. And in that, a lot of times we're thinking we want them to know, like, and trust us, but it actually goes back the other way. We want to know, like, and trust our ideal client avatars as well. You're listening to the Thought Leaders Business Lab, the podcast for coaches, thought leaders, and change makers who are ready to become the standout expert. If that's you, stay tuned because you're in the right place. I'm your host, Samantha Riley, and I want to help you build a successful business sharing your expertise, generate the impact and income you need to create your ideal lifestyle. It's time to make a difference and scale up. Are you ready? Let's enter the lab. Welcome to today's episode of the Thought Leaders Business Lab. I am your Thursday co-host, Samantha Riley, joined by my lovely co-host, Tim Hyde. How are you, Tim? I am cold. Well, that's what you get for living in Canberra, right? That's actually not too bad. We're a a balmy, we're in double figures. Look at that. Only just into double figures, but it is into double figure. Should hope so. It's the afternoon. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I tell you what, last night at rugby training was pretty chilly though. It was getting towards freezing and blowing the water in sideways. <laughs> Yuck. And wet. And yeah, I made the boys suffer a bit. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's ever so lovely of you. I know, right? Well, you know, what's a coach to do? <laughs> <laughs> but talking about suffering, well, mm. that's pretty hectic, but that's kind of what we're talking about today. We're talking about marketing mistakes. And we're going to talk about the marketing mistakes that we see people making regularly in the hope that you're not making these. Mm, Absolutely. I think one of those things as business owners, we all, you know, we come into business with these grand ambitions to change the world, Mm -hmm. don't we? And I think a lot of us, because when we transition into business marketing, and sales even, it isn't really an area of expertise mm-hmm. of ours. It's something we learn a lot through trial and error, and, and you know, we see a lot of challenges in that. And more often than not, it ultimately means that your business isn't going to grow as fast, as far, or as effortlessly as you might otherwise want to. And I'm, I'm a big believer of this this, you know, this fallacy about, you know, most small businesses fail. And if you're sitting there thinking, no, of course most small businesses fail, I tell you, I'm going to give you a little secret. It is not true. Most small businesses don't fail. Most small businesses burn out. Right? Mm-hmm. And because, it's because, you know, we put our heart and soul into making this thing work, but we just don't necessarily have the information that we need to make them work as effortlessly as they can do. And as a result, we have this, you know, this opportunity left on the table more often than not. And we're hoping that this episode, we're going to do 10 marketing mistakes 
than that uh, we hope you are not making or you can, you can fix very easily. We'll do five in this episode and we'll do five in another episode. This episode is made possible by your podcast concierge. Editing your podcast can be time consuming. Your podcast concierge offers comprehensive and affordable podcast production and social media marketing services to help you grow your podcast and business faster. Go to yourpodcastconcierge.com and book a call via the Let's Talk button on the homepage and receive 50% off your first month when you mention Thought Leaders Business Lab. Now, you were just telling me, Tim, before we started recording about a business owner. Now, obviously, we are not going to talk about who this business owner is, but someone that actually made no sales in the last six months. Last quarter. So, did do quite a lot, did sort of a significant sum of money, multiple hundreds of thousands in the first quarter of the year. Didn't make any in the last three months. And I think this is a challenge that we probably all recognise as small business owners at some point in our journey. It's like a roller coaster. We make lots of money and then we make absolutely none. Mm. And that often comes because we don't have massive teams around us to kind of even it out and we wear lots of hats. Mm -hmm. So we spend a lot of time marketing our business and we get lots of work and then we get super busy delivering that business. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then because we don't have as much time available, we stop doing the marketing and then we get, oh, shit, we run out of, you know, run out of opportunities or mm -hmm. now these projects are coming to an end and then all of a sudden we get back into, let's do some marketing and, and away we go, right? And it does result in this massive roller coaster and I think a lot of stress. A lot of stress because having that roller coaster, I mean, it's, it's great when you're on the up, but when you're on the down and you're like, uh-oh, and I do, I see it all the time where someone says, you know, I'm okay at the moment. And you can just see all of a sudden the marketing has been paused and you're like, oh, I know what's coming, but, you know, you, you, can't, you can't make someone do something. So hopefully by us talking about this, you will be, or what we want to make sure is that you're aware of these mistakes so that you don't make them in your business. Absolutely. Okay. So today's episode, we're going to kick off number one with what I affectionately call wrong bait and the wrong pond. Means you're not going to get any fish if you're using the wrong bait in the wrong pond. Well, yeah, I'd be very surprised if you did. Now, this comes down to a couple of different things, right? And one of these that many of you will have heard of, uh, this marketing concept called our customer avatar. And mm -hmm. avatars are quite complex things. We like to, if, you know, we've done episodes before on, how to create customer, really effective customer avatars. Mm -hmm. But one of the things about a customer avatar is actually knowing who that person is, where they hang out in the air quotes, and what will interest them in what it is that you're doing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And your, your customer avatar really needs to include that kind of information as well. It's not just females between the ages of 30 and 45, you know, with kids, that sort of thing, you know, who read women's day there's more information that goes into it isn't there Sam? Totally and this is something that when I started learning about marketing in, in the online world probably almost 15 years ago now I was taught exactly what you're talking about you know is it male or is it female how old are they what car do they drive what magazine do they read you know what tv shows do they watch and the more and more I have, and the longer I have been doing this, the more I realize that those kinds of things we actually don't need to know as much as what pain are they feeling? What do they really 
want? What's motivating them in their life? This is so way more beneficial to know these kinds of things than my ideal client drives a, you know, a Ferrari. Yeah. I wish my ideal client drove a Ferrari. I don't know why that came to mind. <laughs> well, why not? It can change. My, my, no, <laughs> my ideal on. clients will drive Ferraris when they work with me, but no. Well, Sam and I were joking the other day that I, I had a, a business meeting whilst skiing and we, we had over half a day, we had the business meeting on the lifts and in the bar. Uh-huh. Like, I should have all my business meetings like this going forward. Yeah, good idea. That sounds like way, that sounds like a lot of fun. So that's my new ideal avatar. When someone who enjoys skiing, we can have business meetings on lifts. Now, I know, don't joke, I know someone that does all of his business on golf courses. He's in insurance and his ideal client avatar is actually high net worth individuals and most of them are professional sports people. So, of course, they love to go out on the golf course and have a hit and that is where he does all of his business and that's also where he keeps his business. So he doesn't just play golf with these people once, they every quarter will play golf continually to make sure that he keeps that business. What that is the to combine one of your passions. Right? Uh-huh. But it's important, and I think you picked up a really good one in, in that example. You know, knowing who your avatar is and where they hang out, you know, what magazines I read is one thing. Right? We've got to obviously, you know, you want to appear in those magazines and appear on that golf course and appear on that ski mm-hmm. lift or, or wherever, you know, jump on the Facebook because that's where your avatar is. Mm-hmm. But also the second part of that is also making sure that we've got the right message that they're receptive to in that space. Absolutely. Isn't it? Okay. I remember one of my very early clients who was a, a wedding planner, not a wedding planner, a wedding celebrant, mm-hmm. uh, and generally worked with couples, alternative couples, right, who were in their second marriages and generally mm-hmm. second marriages with teen or adult children. And he mm-hmm. thought, where do these people hang out? And decided LinkedIn was the space that he would find 45 to 60-year-old individuals that he wanted to to try and reach. Mm -hmm. But whilst that might be the right place where your audience is hanging out, it wasn't a space where that audience was receptive to the message he was putting out. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it's not just a case of where are they, it's also going to be a case of in what state do they need to be to be receptive to the message that you're trying to put in front of them. And that's what we right the right bait as well as the right pond. Really, really great case study there or idea. That's that's a really great tip. Well done, Tim. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go to number two. I tell you, yeah, we need to research our customer avatar more before we move to number two. Mm-hmm. You research our customer avatar, understand who they are, where they hang out, when are they receptive to the message that you want to put in front of them and what is that message that they will go, oh, that sounds a bit interesting. Mm, absolutely absolutely that's yeah so number two number two 10 kids on the first date now (laughs) as a mum I can tell you when I was on a first date the last (laughs) thing I was thinking about was kids (laughs) let alone 10 of them Tim (laughs) interesting enough I did once meet a guy in Canada Mm mm-hmm I was doing a consultation with him and we were talking about his marketing message. And I, I mentioned this. I said, look, one of the big mistakes that we see in marketing is that people try to have 10 kids on the first date. Mm-hmm. 
And he's gone, what do you mean by that? And I say, what I mean is that is that we try to put everything out there straight away and try to close the sale on the first interaction we have with someone. There's only a very small number of people who are going to be receptive at that moment to your sales message, mm-hmm. right? We generally need, you know, eight to 12 to 20 interactions before someone's ready for that sales message. And just like having 10 kids on the first date, if you can imagine it, you'd go and say, hey, you should have 10 kids. And this particular chap married his first wife on their first date. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Let me just clarify. Are you saying, are you saying that he met her on the first date and then he married her? Or are you actually saying they met and got married on the met, same day? Met and got married on the same day. No way. I'm serious. Okay. And not, it wasn't shot for TV. <laughs> it wasn't TV. <laughs> now, for whatever reason, that marriage didn't work. <laughs> and his second wife, they got married on their second date. Wow. I'm so glad he learnt. <laughs> for whatever reason, that marriage didn't work as well and was now looking for wife number three. Now, I have actually met someone else who also got married on their, on their third date. No. <laughs> but was also divorced. But this is what we mean. This is what we mean, right? If you try and close your sales too quickly, that you'll, you'll very clearly alienate people who haven't gone, haven't decided whether they know, you know, trust, and most, probably most importantly, like you yet. Mm. I mean, we've been talking about this recently. So this is something that we've been, we talked about recently on episode 285, and that is about people reaching or connecting with you on social media and reaching out in the very first message saying, hi, my name's Marjorie. I help people to have a million-dollar business in the next five seconds. You know, can we chat? No. No, we cannot chat. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Marjorie. Oh, Marjorie. <laughs> no, Marjorie needs to stop doing that. Do you know any Marjories? No, I don't. That's why Marjorie. I use that name because I actually don't know any Marjories. <laughs> Marjorie. Apologies to all the Marjories out there. We're not sure you don't do that. Right? But it is, it is going that it is going straight, straight for the sale. And whilst you will get sales, and we see this a lot on social media connections, it's the connection and, you know, here is my pitch. Do you want to buy my products? kind of thing. Whilst you will get sales just by the virtue of the number of people you connect to, you're actually burning a lot of potential relationships in the process. Mm, Absolutely. And this is interesting because the old way of doing sales or certainly the way that we've been taught to do sales is that you have to get used to hearing so many no's and that it's just a, a numbers game and that you will get there eventually. I don't actually agree with it in this way. Like we don't just want to reach out to every single person because those people potentially, if we had have nurtured them, you know, got them to know who we are, you know, been in a position where, you know, we've built up a relationship. Sure, some of those people would never buy, but some of those people very well may have bought. So we don't want to just turn off everyone. I don't think it is... You know, this is not the numbers game that we talk about when we're, you know, those old sort of sales. Yeah. Look, it might work in some product spaces, I guess, but for coaches and consultants, less so, I think. Absolutely. I was, I must admit, I was trying a script 
early this year for LinkedIn connections. And, and one of the responses I noticed I was getting was that, no, I'm not interested in marketing right now. Mm-hmm. I've gone, well, that's good because I don't know if, if you've got a problem I can fix or if I like you enough to want to fix it. Mm-hmm. Yeah? So it works both ways. Right. <laughs> Just because someone can buy from you doesn't mean you should sell to them. Absolutely. Absolutely. You need to create a relationship. Okay. Speaking of relationships, mistake number three, the shotgun effect. How many times have you seen this one, Sam, where you connect with someone, they go, here are all my services. Which one would you like to buy? <laughs> Absolutely. It's like pew, 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 pew. <laughs> <laughs> Right, it is. But with you, if you bombard people with everything, all that happens is they get confused. And we know that a confused buyer does not buy. And so you're saying, you know, here's here's a product and here's a product and you can buy this one and we can do this and we can do something else. Okay. And we can get very excited about doing that. But the more focused you are and the more this is the thing that we start with, with all of our clients, and yes, you can have hundreds and hundreds of products if you want to, probably not, but <laughs> unless you're in merchandise. Yeah, I suggest if you're a service-based business that you don't. Yeah, you want to kind of streamline it down and it's okay if you're going to do that to have like an escalation path or a customer journey. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, sometimes you may have heard of it heard of it as called an ascension ladder. Start with the, the foot in the door product or service and then take someone on a journey to, you know, your penthouse product, your gold service offering. I think where I'm seeing the biggest problem here is that when when we see this shotgun effect come into play where someone is telling us all about their products, what they're doing is essentially focusing on themselves. This is who I am as the business owner and these are the programs or the products that I have. What you need to do is flip that 180 degrees who are you and what is your problem? Because you should be the doctor. You should be prescribing the pill or the the outcome for your ideal prospects. So instead of them telling you, okay, this is my problem and this is what I'm going to buy, it should be the other way. As the coach or the service provider, tell me about the issue that you're having. So, you know, Tim, it's like you going to someone and saying, okay, these are all the things I do where maybe I don't even have KEEP. So you're a KEEP certified partner. Maybe I don't even have KEEP. So by you telling me every program or product that you've got, it actually, it doesn't actually matter rather than you saying, hey, Sam, what's the the biggest challenge that you're having with your lead generation at the moment or with your CRM at the moment, where then you are now the expert prescribing to me what the solution is. Yeah, God, can you imagine going to the doctor and you walk in and they give you a prescription and you walk out? Well, on this, well, on this shotgun effect, you'd, you'd so be walking out. With, <laughs> you'd be walking out with five scripts. <laughs> oh, man, I'm, going, I'm going into pharmaceuticals if that was the case. Like, I'm just going to give you a magic pill that solves everything. Yeah, um, let, let's not let not let's not go down this path. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm okay for research and development grants right now. If someone wants to reach out. <laughs> But it is, that is that prescription. And if you try and show everyone everything that you do at once, you know, without a bit of that diagnostic first up, then you will actually just, you'll you'll break your marketing funnel. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because just to reiterate what Tim said, a confused buyer doesn't buy. All right. This is one of my favorite ones, Sam. Number four, crickets. 
You like this one? I do like tell, this one. Tell me what you like about this one. Okay, well, you know when it's on a quiet night, maybe you're camping, you know, you've got the crackle of the open fire there going, you've got your marshmallows on a stick, all right? And all you're going to hear in the background is crickets, all right? It's very quiet. Now, I personally am worried because I like this experience. <laughs> I like this experience too. It's fantastic. But it's not good in business context. No. And by crickets, what often happens in business is that we do all the work of chasing our prospect until such time as they buy from us and then we completely forget about them and go on to the next prospect. Mm. And most opportunities, you were talking about golf guy earlier. Mm-hmm. I shall call him Dave because that's much easier than golf guy. Uh-huh. All right. You said one of the things you mentioned, he does more business and he keeps business by continuing to have a relationship with those people after the point of purchase. Correct. And we too often, I think, make the mistake of thinking marketing is about generating leads. Mm-hmm. Marketing is not about generating leads. Marketing is about what is the experience that our customers have with our business throughout our customer life cycle. Mm-hmm. Correct. Correct. Okay. People, now, people want to feel valued, remembered. They don't want to think that they're just another number. We're a number in so many different, you know, places in our life with our, you know, with our cell phone provider, with the government, with, you know, all of the, our elect- the electricity company, social security. We're, we're just a number. So, we need to remember that these people or our prospects, they're not numbers, they're real people and we do need to help that nurture that relationship and get to know them like them, trust them. And in that, a lot of times we're thinking they want, we want them to know, like and trust us, but it actually goes back the other way. We want to know, like and trust our ideal client avatars as well. Yeah. Look, I've just bought my wife a new 24-minute iMac. Mm-hmm. And Apple are absolutely known for their post-purchase customer experience, right? Mm-hmm. The unboxing. You can go and search on YouTube, unbox my Apple device or uh-huh. an iPhone or whatever, iPad or whatever. So we just unboxed one earlier and I literally recorded a video. I'm going to stick that up on my social media very shortly. But, you know, it's got this thing that as you open it, the box kind of unfolds like this origami piece. Mm-hmm. They've already done all the work. Of, they've taken my money. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They've already got the money. They got the money a couple of weeks ago when we ordered Uh the thing. But the experience post is still thought about of going, wow, this was actually really cool. So much so that I've recorded a video of it. And I'm now gonna (laughs) I'm now gonna promote Apple, right? At my expense. Yes. (laughs) Like, what's going on with that? (laughs) I will send them an invoice. But it is, we've got to remember that marketing exists beyond the point of purchase. And Mm -hmm. if we want referral, testimonial and repeat business from our customers, which particularly in the coaching consulting space, we want that repeat business. We've got to remember that marketing exists beyond the point of sale. And what is that experience that we continue to give our customers after we take their cash? Absolutely. Absolutely. Could not agree more. All right. Last one. Last one, number five, is metrics. This is one that you and I absolutely, we both love this one. This is not just a a me or you. This is really the boring part of marketing, isn't it? Well, yes and no, because I actually find that you can, that when you find some really great metrics, it's for me, it's the fuel 
So it's actually the opposite. And even if I see a metric that I don't like, it can be the fuel, you know, to, to get on a team meeting and go, hey, guys, have you seen these numbers? Might need to do something a little bit differently. Are you saying that looking at your marketing numbers is cathartic for you? <laughs> But well, we, but we do it, all know that I'm a little odd, but no, yes, I do. <laughs> here's the thing, right? So many companies do not look, and particularly for smaller businesses, we do not look at what are the numbers or the indicators that lead to dollars. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, you know, old mate who has been on a bit of a roller coaster <laughs> has, doesn't have a process by understanding, you know, how many visits to the website, how many conversations that we started, how many people have looked at his LinkedIn profile, mm-hmm. you know, how many sales calls we've been on, what's our conversion rate on those sales calls, right? By looking at our metrics in our marketing pipeline, we can start to understand where the breakage is. Yes. Where, where the holes are, where the opportunities leak, leak out. Mm-hmm. And we talked about the number of referrals and, and introductions that you might get and then disappear onto page 12 of the, you know, page 12 of your inbox, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, get introductions. Why are we not recording how many introductions you're getting? Because that's going to be an indication of where, uh, how effective our referral marketing machine is. Absolutely. Or where things are falling through the gaps, through the cracks. You know, how many second conversations do I have? How many third conversations? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, all those sorts of things. So ultimately, that's all of that stuff is going to lead to how many dollars on the table that you make. Now, if you don't track them, then you're sort of doing everything accidentally. Can I just talk about tracking the wrong metrics? Because I don't think that all metrics are great metrics. And what I'm talking about here is the vanity metrics. If you've got a post that has 10,000 likes and you're just like, oh, my goodness, I've had my first post go viral, but it doesn't actually do anything or it's not attracting the right people because you've put up, a picture of a drunk cat, <laughs> maybe that's not the metric that you need to be tracking. Which, I mean, marketing can be tricky social because it is about branding as well. It's not always about getting leads. And we talked about that back in, in one of the, just earlier in this episode, you know, it's not always about getting the sale. However, you do need to make sure that you're not just tracking vanity metrics, that you kind of do and can see the bigger picture of where everything's heading. Yeah. I love how you picked a drunk cat. Us. <laughs> it's that time of the afternoon. As I said, I'm like, oh, I've hit that time of the afternoon. <laughs> but it is important. And look, if, if someone's reaching out to you saying, I can give you 10,000 likes, you know, what for? Mm-hmm. We've got to build the right audience of engaged people mm-hmm. that now ultimately sort of create opportunity for our business. So, mm. you know, just adding likes for likes' sake, not a good no. thing. No, no. Right? Adding connections for connections' sake. Someone I connected to a few years ago was like, and literally the tagline was, I'm connected to 30,000 entrepreneurs globally. And then when I actually asked about what she does, she's like, oh, I don't want to talk about that, you know. Yeah, like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. They're just numbers. Yeah. Or the wrong numbers. Yeah. Okay. So look at some key metrics. And, and generally speaking, things that you want to be looking at is, is number of new connections that you're making, number of conversations you're starting, probably looking at things like lead magnet downloads or opt-ins to your CRM. So numbers of people into your CRM, number of people are raising their hand 
So they're opting into other resources or webinars or those sorts of things. You can aggregate that and the number of sales calls that you're making. So that's probably some key metrics that you need to be looking at, right? Absolutely. And report on them each week. Put them into your weekly team meeting. Have a weekly team meeting if you're not having one and report on it. It doesn't need to be you. You're going to assign that responsibility to someone else to pull those numbers together. Absolutely. And I just, before we do finish up, I really want to touch on the importance of what you just said there, Tim. Follow those numbers weekly because if you're not following those numbers until the end of the quarter, then you've lost three months. You want to be following them weekly. We've actually started implementing and we started implementing it, I think, at the beginning of June, daily tracking because the, the more tracking that we're doing, the easier it is to see when something falls apart or where there's, you know, something gets missed in the cracks. If you don't follow those numbers for a month, three months, then you're not able to pivot and fix something that's broken along the way. Yeah, absolutely. Often we call them like lead and lag indicators, mm-hmm. right? These are lead indicators. If mm-hmm. your numbers of connections drop off, mm-hmm. people drop off in your CRM, you'll get less people to webinars, which means you'll make less sales and ultimately make less money. Absolutely. So let's just go over those five marketing mistakes that we see. First one is wrong bait in the wrong pond, not about not knowing your avatar or where they're hanging out or spending their time. Number two, 10 kids on the first date which sounds absolutely horrific. So that's really going straight for the sale, not getting to know your prospect. Number three, the shotgun effect. Just telling someone rapid fire everything that you do and sharing it all at once. Number four, crickets. So thinking about marketing being about lead generation instead of a full nurturing and customer experience. And number five, not knowing your metrics or tracking the wrong metrics. But wait, there's more. Uh, We've got another five that we're going to share with you. So we've picked out 10, we think, the biggest mistakes that people make in their marketing. But you're going to have to come and join us in part two of this episode. Absolutely. So we've shared those first five this week. We'll share the next five next Thursday. So if you've got value from today's episode if you know that there's someone else in your world that needs to know this information, if you're listening to this on your phone, then just scroll to the top of your podcast app, follow or subscribe to this episode, and please share this with them. You can do that right at the top of the Apple podcast screen or on most of the podcast apps that you listen to. Tim, thanks for hanging out with me today and helping me share this information with our listeners been absolutely my pleasure, Sam. And thank you for listening. And we will see you next Monday for our next episode. And we will bring you part two next Thursday. Ciao for now. It's been great to share another episode of the Thought Leaders Business Lab podcast with you. If you want more, head over to samantharileyglobal forward slash podcast for the show notes, the links from today's sponsors, and to download your detailed episode companion for the extensive notes and value bombs we shared today. And if you're looking to connect with other experts and change makers just like you to bounce ideas and ask questions, be sure to join my exclusive Thought Leaders Business Lab community on Facebook. The links are waiting for you over at samanthariley.global forward slash podcast.